This is a takeover. <laughs> if I knew you had dub delay, I would have upped my game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a very simple um, delay, 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 delay. But it makes it more um, um, adventurous, right? Yeah, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to uh, to uh, start with a bang every time on these <laughs> uh, on these chats. <laughs> anyway, um, welcome everybody. Good evening and good morning to Mo. Hey, <laughs> sorry to wake, sorry to wake you up, man. No, all good. <laughs> sorry How are you? to wake up so late. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, just stayed up late last night. The studio was. Actually, experimenting with doing some sound for virtual reality. So, oh wow! Uh, yeah. Please, please elaborate. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I, I'm still such in a beginning stage. I just went and like with Oculus and started a, a developer account, and um, was just sent some tools to try to try to make some sounds in a different scape. I don't know enough about it to elaborate really much, but I just start kind of started off yesterday with it. Okay, and it, it it became a really late night. <laughs> yeah, well, probably more playing games than actually working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds sounds like something you can easily get completely lost in and uh, yeah. get sidetracked uh, <laughs> along along the way. Yeah. Uh, so good to have you, man. Good to see you. To see you again on sure. the, on the chat. Um, we also have Tim Exile uh, joining us from London, right? From London, yeah. From Excellent. just around the corner from Able Space, which apparently you played at last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Good to have you. Um, and of course, we'll uh, be discussing uh, Endless, uh, of which T Tim is the creator and brain. Uh, you know, the collaboration app. Um, mm. uh, we'll get into it later. You know, um, or actually, very, very quickly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were in a pre-chat. We were just. Uh, briefly talking about it and uh, it's really cool to see you putting improvised music uh, on the map you know it's a uh, so big big props for that so it's uh, it's great <laughs> okay i see i see a lot of people coming uh, 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 joining us here in the chat so hello to everybody who's uh, watching this on twitch um yeah lots of friends from the discord server showing up um and of course, we have Kyle, Kyle Geiger, joining us from Berlin. Sup, man? How you doing? Uh, good. Yourself? Yeah, good. Good. Um, I, sorry, I, my my new uh, son started screaming next door. He's not alone, but I, my my head was kind of in that in that space for a second. So <laughs> hopefully, you all can't hear that. Um, but he's fine if you can. It's. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry of course we'd, yeah yeah um okay so um yeah you you did uh this thing with uh, you three together you did this uh this live jam uh with uh, tim's app uh the other day and i was checking it out and um uh it sounded really cool uh so was one question i mean we'll let tim explain exactly what it is and how it works but um were you guys using hardware or just uh using like uh stuff that was uh from the app or was it also coming from other sources who wants to um, start but just sorry <laughs> sorry that there's a um there's a skylight right above me and it's just started absolutely pissing with rain so if you can hear this kind of rain in the background um, it's oh, not man. a screaming child. 
<laughs> well, we've got all all kinds of uh, external sound sources uh, dropping into the chat, which is fine. So we'll just, uh, <laughs> I guess, we'll just uh, go with it. You know, sure. uh, you know, use use the use the 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 mistakes to our, our advantage. You know, embrace the embrace the mistakes, as you do with improvisation, right? Exactly. So okay, so Mo, yeah, maybe maybe you you explain because I saw you guys uh, sitting behind uh, your setups and then. Uh, you know, both sort of playing uh, little riffs and then sort of uh, uh, added to the to the jam and stuff like that. So where were yeah. where was the sound coming from? Was were you guys using uh, external sources or was it all from the libraries that come with uh, come with the app? Well, the stream that I was doing with Kyle um, primarily, I mean, I wasn't using the extent of most of my hardware, but I picked a few boxes here and there. Like I grabbed a three hundred three and like a small little this pioneer as1 mono synth that i have and uh just synced it up to the external clock of my daw and then ran that back in and every once in a while while kyle was doing something i would just kind of program a patch and then just record it live into endless for a second and it was fun um also there was i usually have like a template that i start most of my sessions with when i start writing tracks and i've got just a whole list of just different hi-hat patterns and drum patterns and things that I can pull up from. So I was also utilizing those on the fly and also making stuff on the fly as well. Cool. And, and is that true for your, on your side as well, uh, Kyle? Um, yeah. So, uh, what I'm mostly, so right now I'm in my living room, which has, uh, because of certain world events has become kind of a makeshift studio. And so I've got like, um, I've got my audio interface and uh, Ableton push and Ableton push two, I should specify, uh, has a really nice mapping for endless. And I was using pretty much everything that you heard on I mean, you can't tell. You, it's not always so easy to tell who was making what sounds, but almost everything I was doing was within the box of of endless. And there's there's basically two two tiers. There's the the free version, which is for for everybody that has iOS, and they can download the app for free. And then there, but I was using the studio version. And that allows you to use it as a VST, and um, it also gives you access to additional instruments and sounds and uh, effects and all that. But you might have seen during the stream that there were times that I was actually going to my phone. And yeah. the, the, the thing about being able to use it with iOS is that it has the multi-touch support, which you can't achieve with with a DAW. And this is really nice for the XY axis of, of the effects and stuff. I was telling Tim that I've, I think I've used a gate plugin five times in my life until I got endless. And now it's like one of my best friends. So there's, there's a lot of ways to rediscover um, effects that are pretty standard uh, just because you're you kind of have a, a built-in chaos pad on your <laughs> on your iOS device. So, right. so, yeah. so um, I mean, I've done my share of online uh, jams and uh, collaborations uh, uh, with other systems, and um, the thing 
is that there's always for streams like that there's always one there should be like one kind of master device or master source that outputs the 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 entire uh, you know, like the, the, the sort of the, the thing that sort of collects everything and, and has like this, the, the final output to the stream, right? So how does that work with Endless, Tim, uh, in, in that case of, of, of this jam? Is, the, is it actually running in sync on both sides? Do both people hear the music uh, in the same tempo, or, the, or obviously the tempo, but in the same uh, uh, synchronized uh, matter, or, or is it uh, different on both sides? Yeah, so it's it's asynchronous, right? So, okay. um, it's the you know the the, the transports. Uh, so um, Mo's and Kyle's transports were, were running locally, right? Um, a- asynchronously, and the way Endless works is is that you you grab and send loops. So you've basically got this re- retrospective looper. Um, uh, maybe I'll actually I've got it on my um, phone beforehand. Um, so you have, I'll, um, once I get it up, I'll, I'll show what I mean, but you've got this yeah. waveform that just moves, moves past all the time. So it's, it's like a rolling buffer that's all, all red, always capturing, um, and you can capture different lengths of that retrospectively. So you could play in one bar, you know, tap in some, uh, you know, a bar of four to four click, uh, kicks or something, um, grab that, or you could grab, grab all the way back to eight bars. And in fact, if you mess around with the the um the bar length you can actually um get it to run up to 32 bars respectively but um yeah. so yeah it's like you know you've got these let's see this uh the waveform i'm just messing around with the oh, there you go and i grabbed i grabbed the loop and so so basically as soon as you grab um as soon as you commit that loop it then uploads it to the server sends the metadata out to everyone and everyone who's in the jam then gets that and downloads it. So when we run the live streams, um, we actually run a version of the jam on locally on the stream machine and comp that into OBS, including, right. so we have yeah. a, a video call. Um, so there's a Skype call. So we had Kyle and Mo coming in the Skype call. And then I was kind of like in between them sort of comparing like a sports reporter, um, <laughs> which was quite fun. <laughs> um, and uh, and so, yeah, so the audio comes locally there. And but because it's asynchronous, you can you could have hundreds of people in, in a jam. I mean, you wouldn't want to have them all contributing, but they could all be pulling the audio from from the jam. So, yeah. so during this jam, you both, Mo and Kyle, were basically hearing... Uh, different versions because in endless you can you can uh, you can choose the uh, the loop uh, that you're working on right and you can of, of course you can choose the newest one the like the latest uh, the latest version or whatever and that'll that'll cause you to hear the same thing but you can also be completely out of uh, out of sync with each other um, so how how does that work with um, uh, when you when you stream something uh, you, how do you decide what's the uh, the current state of the of the jam. Um, so I will open up a um, a jam in Endless now. So this is this is the jam that's going on right now. And there's a little set. There's a little setting there called um, autoplay. Um, oh, King! Hey, it's <laughs> hey King, what's up? King's here. Hey, man! Just right here. Yeah. <laughs> nice to see you. Um, uh, so there's this little autoplay, uh, which basically means uh, so it's selected by default. And it just means that um, your uh, device will automatically play the, the latest riff that's that's come in. Um, we we did actually debate just not having an autoplay switch at all, but you're just forced um, 
forced to have autoplay on, but there are some circumstances where you do actually want to switch it off. But when you're jamming with people, it's good, good etiquette to keep autoplay on. Um, but it does mean um, that, let's say you're in a jam where there's loads of stuff going on that you can say you can call up. You know, there's a bigger history here. So this is like going much further back into the jam. I can browse back to something that happened like, um, you know, hours ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say it's, it's an incredibly um, interesting way to collaborate with somebody on music. Um, I think even like when I was, I've been trying to work with Luis Flores on our belief defect project from this whole year through this whole pandemic from two different places. Um, it's still kind of a pain in the ass to constantly send, um, you know, sessions back and forth, mm. rendering whatever we've created, send it over. Then he renders something, sends it over to me and then bouncing things back and forth. It kind of diminishes the creativity and also takes away that spirit of being able to be in the same room with somebody and jam and like, you know, throw ideas at each other, whether they hate it or not, you know, you can yeah. intake it, say, no, I don't like that. Let me change that over to this. And I have yet to experience something in my life where you can sit in two different complete places of the world and, and produce a track together. I mean, certainly doing the, the jams with you, Joachim, that was, that was an incredible experience for me, but this is such a different take on it in a different way. It's so completely different mm -hmm. um, format of working together. And both have been two by far of the best experiences I've had this year, collaborating with friends over online, but um, endless certainly nailed it for me. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, no, maybe, Oh, sorry. Go, 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 Kyle. Sorry. Oh no. And I also say that when I first started using this platform, your mind immediately goes to, okay, how does this, what's the, what's the Ableton equivalent to this or what's the logic right. equivalent to this? And I started, I started realizing from talking to, to the, the regular, I, I call them the endless faithful that are just mm -hmm. like always like if there's an endless jam, they're like hopping on it. And mm -hmm. And their, their approach to things was really interesting. And I started to think, like, why, why do we always want – a lot of times when I talk about this app, the first question is, so, so can you arrange music in this app? And um, imagine, imagine handing someone a Fender Stratocaster and being like, you've got to listen to the way that this guitar makes music. And they're like, but can you, can you arrange music? with with the stratocaster <laughs> you know and and it's like this is a creation tool and this is an, a place that that you can birth so many ideas and and within two hours or one and a half hours of mo and i doing a jam i would say we had realistically an ep worth of ideas there and so, so it, it, I, I always encourage people that are trying to wrap their mind around the way that this app works or the, the platform as a whole to not try to try to not even view it in the same stratosphere as a DAW. Um, and it'll be a lot more easy to, to think about. And I'll, I'll say, even from the times that I have jammed with friends in the studio where we sit together and collaborate and produce music, it's always kind of producing in terms of like on a doll with a timeline where you're trying to arrange a track and oh, I have an idea. Let me put this here and let me do this. And this certainly felt like 
just throwing a collection of ideas together on a wall. It's just always just like throwing a loop, throwing a loop, throwing a loop into a giant bin, just tons and tons of ideas, throwing them together. And then, you know, later on in the process is when you actually export them into stems and start and arrange them into a tracks. But that whole process of just throwing ideas and getting out felt so much more creative. It just felt mm-hmm. like you weren't bogged down by, well, how's the track going to go? What's going to come next? And you're going back and forth with somebody. Maybe that's how other people jammed in the same studio together. But for me, it's always been, you know, much different. So this was a very, very creative way of going about things yeah so so in in uh listening to how you guys experience it it's it could be uh basically just a a fun thing to do in real time and and uh, and and just enjoy the process but it also could function uh as a sketchpad to to arrive at at uh, real like final productions right yeah yeah definitely Uh, yeah yeah Definitely. Okay, so um, let, let's let's take a few steps back and, and and ask Tim. You know, what what is the your main motivation to to set this all up to to come up with this uh, this system? What is the the thought behind it? Well, I mean, music for me has always been a thing, um, an activity to do rather than a, a product. And I think. You know, my first experience, my first musical experience was playing the violin. Um, you put your bow on the string, you move your body, music happens, you stop, music stops. Uh, it's completely Im- embodied. And uh, I think I always, you know, that was my first frame of reference of what music was. And I always thought that, uh, well, everything, every bit of music that I experienced after that fit, fitted into that framework, or at least that's how I thought about it. So, you know, when I fell in love with electronic music when I was a teenager, um i i thought you know i was like 12 years old and i had bootleg rave tapes and i used to listen to them <laughs> at night on my walkman um, we and all? i i thought <laughs> didn't didn't we all yeah but I, you know i i thought that they were making this music live mm-hmm. um and i i only realized kind of after the fact that it was dj's mixing records that people produced um at the, in studios um so i i think it was you know, this is just a very long extension of a um, a misunderstanding <laughs> of what electronic music could be, but also, you know, a, a dream of of how I how I wanted to be musical. I think I've always I've been much more interested in being musical than um, than I am in kind of <clears throat> working really hard in dark rooms for months on end to create perfect works. I mean, and I've done a lot of that in my lifetime as well. But I, I, I found that um, ultimately quite just a dissatisfactory experience. Um, well, I guess I guess we've all been there, you know, and and mm. you know, like spending, you know, busting your balls working on an album or an EP for for weeks or months even. Uh, and it's funny how how that all happened because uh, traditionally music um, is a is an experience, it's a life experience, like it's a celebration or it's a ritual. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, recorded music is is relatively young you know in the history of if, of music i mean it's a yeah it's a complete it's a complete anomaly <laughs> hey rocco um <laughs> always here um, <laughs> um yeah it's a complete anomaly i mean um you know the history of music is roughly forty thousand years um and for you know 
39,000. I'm not going to bother with maths, but <laughs> yeah, a huge <laughs> almost did some real time maths there. But <laughs> stop. Anyway, 40,000 minus 150 years. Um, it's been an activity in 150 years, it, it's been a, a product. Um, and I think where, you know, where we are now in the sort of the long arc of uh, the history of music, um, is we're, we're at the tail end of um, a, a very successful 20th century industry um but uh, basically um made huge amounts of money by um inventing ways to record sound press it onto discs um distribute it and, and sell it at, you know with relatively large margins yeah um, individual so, copies yeah individual copies yeah um and then uh you know the technology to produce the, these products because you know they, they were products and they had to get better and better and more, more polished so the technology evolved and we had you know like huge ssl desks and but you know uh, all, all this like super high quality production um uh technology that's very hard to use and was generally very expensive um and that was what was required to make these products stand out and, and to make them sell the um you know set, to bring in the revenue that 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 the industry was all tooled up towards so you know we, we we're kind of dropping into this really weird um, point in the, in the history of music where that industry fell apart 20 years ago um, and what we're left with is a sort of the flywheel um, of that way of thinking about music um, so we still predominantly think about music as songs, albums, tracks um, but there just isn't the, you know, the industry isn't there um, to support that anymore, um, you know, the revenues aren't anywhere near the same and I, what we're real, realising is that the you know the the tools and products and services that have come in since then, like Spotify, etc., are basically building a nice experience around torrenting, really, yeah. um, selling that you know stacking that high, selling it cheap, and we've got loads of people making music because you can do it on a phone or do it on a computer nowadays, and that all goes through like the Suez Canal of the music industry. Um, into the streaming services and then has to find its audience again. I mean, it's it's crazy, actually. Um, and so it, it feels like a really good time to try to try and build ways to bring back music as something that we do together um, in a way that's relevant for the, the modern era. Yeah, you could also say, in a, in a sense, that uh, in the times when when you needed massive studios and and uh, you know massive production budgets, it it uh, the privilege of being a recording artist was quite elite in a sense, you know, and and uh, mm. just available to a handful of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course I, I, that I, I, has changed with uh, with the uh, arrival of uh, cheap electronic music equipment and computers and stuff, you know. But still, it's. Um, uh, you know, a lot of thinking is still based on the fact that it needs to be like a polished, uh, sort of uh, formatted end product. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, eighty percent, ninety percent of the of the journey that we, you know, if we're playing in that world, ninety um, percent of the creative journey is actually just hard hard work. You know, arranging can sometimes be fun, but a lot of the time you get bogged down. Um, in details and, and then you move on to mixing you get bogged down in more details and then mastering is just like is it right is it right i don't know can i is that snare is the transients am i losing some transients with that limit you know and, and then and then you get into um 
getting distribution, do it promoting it, trying to get playlisting, and then it goes up on Spotify. And um, you know, for most people, that music is, is is hardly heard. You know, you do you do a better job by emailing it to your friends and saying, "Look, I made this. I'm really proud of it. I'd love to hear what you what you feel about it." Um, and even with that, you could forget the ninety percent of the rest of that journey and send the first ten percent. Look, I've, I've been doing this today. I'm I'm really into it. How about you join in with this jam and we, we have some fun and we have a a, a more um, intimate ritual around um, around doing music together. Mm. So maybe explain a little bit like the, the short version how how uh, endless as a as a uh, an app you know uh, functions. So basically. Um, what I know of it, it's like you have like a, a bunch of uh, you have eight tracks, right? You can uh, you can have eight tracks, and you can uh, everybody who's partip- participating in the jam can you know uh, use the internal uh, sounds, you know, drum banks, uh, sounds, whatever effects. And then once they're satisfied with the loop, they basically commit it to to the or send it to the server, and it, it'll be be become part of the jam, right? So, uh, how many people can join uh, a jam at one time? Um, there's no technical limit, um, and so right now, um, the the I guess the social mechanics around a jam is pretty simple. If you have a link to the jam and you've got the app, you can join the jam, and if you join that jam, you, you can add music to it um, like anyone else can. Um, one thing we've got coming in uh, one next few months, hopefully, hopefully by the end of the year, is a much more almost like a clubhouse style hierarchy Room, yeah like people. rooms yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly okay. rooms so you can have people listening you can have people contributing you have moderators etc um but yeah there's no there's no technical limit and we've had jams um where we have had hundreds of people in and it's chaos. crazy <laughs> so how so how do people uh, kind of behave or or sort of uh, uh, blend into the uh uh, the do's and don'ts of of uh, a jam if there's so many people involved how how does that manage does it manages itself or uh, yeah. people get told off disappear go away <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we i mean we we we've, we've definitely had some some high emotions um at times <laughs> in the jam and you know the the uh, as carl calls them the the, the endless faithful have um invented like an entire etiquette even entire lexicon um about like smooshing and riff hopping um the lehman maneuver there's like there's probably at least 10 words and terms that they've made up to describe um wow. the etiquette and what you should do etc um and uh we've got so on the front page the app just got um, a bunch of jams um so here we've got all these jams that you can just join in with it's the same on the desktop as well um and anybody can join in those and you know most people um try to most of the enders faithful go off and make their own jams and they share them on the discord server or they share them in private messages with each other and they you know they find the people they want to jam with they find the people they want to vibe with and and create jams jams with them so um it's generally as everything it, it ends up being policed by well not policed but it just naturally falls into um so, you know social etiquette and behavior and if if people are um, kind of hopping over your riffs and like smooshing everything and key mashing everything and trashing what you're doing, then they'll just go somewhere else to another jam where they can find some friends who are respectable. Or, or you know, most of the time, 
it's just new people who don't understand that there's actually an entire kind of culture and etiquette um, behind this, which is totally fine. And yeah, and never, never underestimate the power of a low pass filter on uh, unsavory <laughs> on unsavory parts. You're like, yeah, that hi hat sounds great. Let's let's low pass it down to thirty hertz. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I fixed it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I've always, uh, yeah, you can, they can, jams can get out of hand, but you can, that's the nice thing is you could actually design it to get out of hand. You know, mm -hmm. I, one of the things that um, I do sometimes when I'm, when I'm using Endless with, in conjunction with Twitch is, is we'll get, we'll get a jam started on Twitch. And then um, about an hour and a half in, I'm like, shit, why am, why am I here? You know, like this, this, this jam is kind of creating, uh, people just keep feeding into it and you get really, really cool ideas and you can get from A to B to Z really, really fast. And, and it's never, um, eventually a rhythm kind of develops. Um, and it's pretty impressive how, how quickly that happens. It's always a little bit choppy at first I've found when you're, when you're inviting a bunch of random people into the jam, yeah. but, but eventually it, it, it levels out. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I always remember the story that drum cell told me or Mo, we can call you Mo, right? <laughs> Mr. Drum cell. Um, I'm oh, sorry. I was, I was, I, I yeah. was mowing you. So yeah no no yeah sir drum cell uh he <laughs> I, I i don't know if if this is accurate my memory's a little foggy but you went to dr dre's studio once yeah i, did. I believe and yeah, I did. he has wow. like he has like beat makers in each corner of the room and he's just yeah. punching in different stuff and and being like that's the one bring it over and and this idea of uh of having so many people feed each other ideas and and there's not necessarily at this point a, a moderator for that, which would be the the Dr. Dre of the of the jam. But this idea, the inspiration that comes from just seeing ideas evolve and, and then being able to say, okay, I'm gonna jump in on this one. And everybody has that option to to do that. And sometimes people will sit out for 10 or 15 minutes and, and just kind of see how it unfolds. So, so do do the gems have a, a just of basically a character of being like a fun activity, or um, do you find uh, people that are actually using it to uh, to arrive at at um, at an end result? Because um, because it you know like Kyle said, you can go from A to Z in you know it. it in, in in no time you know and you can have all these sort of modifications and by the time you're at the you know 20th instance of of the loop it's it's some, something completely different that doesn't resemble uh, in any way the the thing that it started with yeah yeah i um so this is where i'm 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 finding it particularly interesting um right now so um we've uh, you know the app's been out for just over a year um the the macOS version has been out for what three or four months um <clears throat> and you know so our, our community at least our core community is quite quite mature now um that you know they're very confident on the platform and they really know what they're doing um and we've over the last few months we've been experimenting with various different um initiatives i think really 
trying to understand. So, you know, we know that there's a bunch of people who really love using Endless and that this is where their musical life happens now. Um, and um, we've been trying to understand whether, uh, you know, exactly where that fits into the wider context of, of music making. So um, we've done a couple of cycles of this initiative called Unfolded, where we invited an artist curator in. The last one was curated by Pixelord, actually, um, which uh, was awesome. He brought together about six different jammers. They did a three-hour stream. And then we dropped the stems to the community. The community then remixed them um, and then went to a remix competition, which um, Pixelord um, gave feedback on. And now he's actually done a mix of the tracks, which is really, really cool. Um, and then we've also been, you know, we've been experimenting with the controversial acronym NFTs um, uh, as um, more, more as a way that the experiment there was really to, to see if how, because the, the most magical thing about in Endless is those moments that happen, you know, when you're going from A to Z and um, S is just absolutely, um, and that's like, that's the magic, the, the magic moment there. And that actually, so where where I think we're coming to, having done a few months of experimentation around this, like saying, well, should, should this be about turning those jams into tracks or should it be somehow about more just representing, finding a way to represent the, that magical moment itself? And, and I, think it's the, I think it's the latter. Mm. Um, we've been doing a few events recently. We did a project with Imogen Heap recently, um, and uh, we had a, a, a five-day-long jam, which we streamed to Twitch for five days, and that we actually extended it in the end. Um, and uh, we we this kind of VR experience as well. So Imogen was performing um, live with the Endless Jammers, and then she was on stage in this VR world. I mean, it was it was kind of bonkers and really amazing. But what we noticed really is that the um, the community gets so much more excited when, well, particularly when there's like a small group of people who are um, kind of like selected, I, I, I guess kind of A&R'd in a way, um, to take part in these real-time um, events. And, and I think this is, you know, having had a couple of months of experimenting with this, I think this is definitely where we're going to go. Um, basically, you know, realising the value of the magic of doing music in, in, in real time and those magical moments. Yeah, I mean, I I completely I'm completely behind that idea. You know, I'm I'm the last few years I've I've basically done so many live improvisations uh, and and you know really enjoying that because uh, you never know uh, what's going to happen next and you're as much a spectator of uh, what's happening as the audience. You know, you no. you <laughs> cannot predict what's what's coming next and and that's the beautiful thing. You're in the moment. You're making decisions on the fly and you're basically using using your intuition to uh, to take it to the next um, scene or the next uh, uh, version of whatever you were doing you know and um, I think the uh, it, the only thing is that I think do people it does it take a uh, effort or does do you feel that the people who are getting into endless actually appreciate the fact that it's more like uh, more about the the journey or the the process than the end result because as musicians or uh, people who are uh, producers they they always think they need to be the final curator of the of the work you know what i mean so how how does do you feel the mindset of the, of that uh, thing is is uh, something that is difficult to explain to people or do you feel the community finds it out themselves 
like automatically yeah so so right now i think where we're at now we're, we're hitting the limits of the actual features that we have um mm. on on the platform particularly the, the social side of it um so what we're noticing is that um a lot of our a lot of the community um will post these uh riff hops which is a riff hop is basically going back through the history of the jam and just sort of playing it sequentially through so they're not quite tracks um because they're not arranged they're literally just playbacks in the order that the that the jam unfolded but they're actually they're like scenes you know, scenes qu- basically yeah 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 the scenes or you know they're just like played a played played through scenes where you sort mm-hmm. of go through um as like a synopsis of, of the jam those are quite those are quite nice actually and um they do have a a particular feel to them um uh, other people have um you know we've a bunch of the end of the community have, have also been experimenting um with nfts clean nfts i was i would hasten to add on um this hiccup nunk uh platform which is really I, it's really cool what's going on there there's some incredible art and some incredible music um uh so so what what's happening at the moment really is i think the community you know the endless faithful um who understand where this who understand where we're going are kind of like mapping out um ways to you know celebrate that um those magical moments and you know make them somehow memorable or collectible you know how to how to present those those moments without having to go through that um you know the 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 choppy waters of arrangement where you can very quickly fall into perfectionism um so i think that's something that well that's definitely something we're looking at it's like how how can we make sort of the listening experience where like listening into a jam and then also listening back to a jam um either as someone who was part of that jam jam or someone who um is just like discovering this sort of playback um for the first time if i can add something i don't know if you know but you can export every riff the little circles that tim was showing you can export uh the stems in that and each stem theoretically has up to eight bars worth of information so if you if you think about i i don't know if if i have too much variance in a track i fuck it up every time um, and, uh, there's, there's something to be said about being able to, uh, work and dive into the audio part of it and then export. I mean, Yoakam, I think of, of some of the remixes you did, um, your remix that saved the day on the release we did on Mo's label, uh, is, is really like eight minute onslaught of, of a loop basically and and it evolves and builds and actually when i was starting to use this i thought of a lot of the way that you and drum cell use tractor i always call you two part of the the tractor jedis um you know there's there's like the the people playing the the cocktail lounges on tractor and then there's like a few jedis out there and and the way that you guys use tractor is actually very endless um in a yeah, way I, I i i totally yeah it's just four tracks but it's uh it is uh basically just sample layering you know loop layering. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep. mm-hmm. and and that type of uh, being able to export the eight 
audio channels into a DAW or whatever, you, you effectively can, can get to a finished result. You're halfway there once you, once you export these stems. Yeah, I'm so curious. I'll go. Sorry, Mo. I was going to say, Tim, I, I know that your live performance style has been very much kind of like live looping and live improvising as you perform. How much of Endless was kind of based off the way you actually play live? Um, all of it. <laughs> it's literally the, the way the way the way it worked is li lifted out of the flow machine, which is the the reactor patch that I built. So um, you know the eight uh, the eight tracks, um, the sort of selective relooping through effects. Yeah. Um, uh, it's yeah. So it was kind of it was road it was road tested. Um, okay. uh, well, dun dungeon tested, grimy backstage. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tested at the Golden Poodle in Hamburg and uh, uh, Erkine and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it, it was, um, yeah. It's funny just because all, all the products that you seem to have been involved with over the year in terms of software have all been kind of based off how you perform live, and they're incredibly useful. Like, like what was it, the the reactor one? What was it, fingers or? Finger, the one with the keyboard yeah, effects. Finger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah there's definitely yeah. a common theme. I well, I, I would say, I don't know, th isn't it the case in Endless that you can um, kind of rehearse uh, your thing, your contribution to the, to the jam before you commit to it to the, to the server, to the part? No. No? But, but I, I, no. Saw, I saw some... No, but you, you, you fuck around with, uh, with uh, the... Um, uh, you know, there, there, is, there is a sort of like, if you tap the waveform, that's when it got sent to the, to the right, jam, right? Yeah. So you yeah, so you, it, you 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 can actually just uh, keep going until you think oh, okay this is this might be nice to add you know and then you commit to it exactly and that's, yeah, that yeah, is exactly. that is different from from playing live the, with uh, the, the way you did before right because that was just you know you just uh, you you play it and it's and it's part of the of the thing instantly there's no just basically go with it right yeah I think well the the, the sort of first instance of the flow machine um it used punch in punch out looping so it was like oh know, right punch okay. in punch out and then it would loop around um so if you were starting from silence um punch in punch out would set the tempo it would do some kind of weird like logarithmic thing on it would count we calculate a sensible four four tempo um based on uh, the sample loop length um and then all loops subsequent to that would be um subdivisions like meter-based subdivisions but it was it was always yeah you punch in and then you punch out um and i think uh, a couple of years before endless i added the um retrospective looping as well um where you actually designate i you know i just want the last one bar two bars um however many bars um and that was yeah having that was a real game changer actually Mm. um because i think you know b yeah just being able to 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 play <clears throat> until you've got something good or you know sometimes you you're trying to kind of nail something that's a bit complicated to play and you don't always get it right and you're just like oh that one was good grab that one um which uh you know that was one of the big things when we were designing um exactly how um you know what should go into the core workflow uh, behind endless so you know before before we built the mobile app we actually built um, quite a lot of the desktop app um, and, and then turned it into this kind of core workflow, which we then extended to the mobile app and the, and the desktop app, et cetera. But 
uh, one of the big things was like we want to get away from this whole record arm thing it's it's the worst like particularly you know when you're ideating and coming up with stuff you want to feel free you know we, we want to do everything we could possibly do to make um musicians feel like they could just play around with shit um and then if it was good they could grab it if it was bad they could just let it um flow down the stream and disappear yeah. um and also if you um because you can loop stuff back through effects so you can take any layer that exists already and then affect it and, and mash it up um we also wanted people to feel that um you could you could be as daring that as you liked and you'd never lose anything because that's another thing I've, I've always found in working in a door or working with hardware is you can get these nice little things and like oh that's nice and then you just tweak a few knobs and it's no it's not quite and then you're just like oh i don't know how to get back to that thing and it's it's lost and that's another thing um that kind of emotionally holds you back from being being adventurous and and trying stuff out yeah yeah so are are there any any things you you noticed uh, that the community has come up with uh since the release that you didn't expect or that really surprised you? Ooh. <laughs> I think, yeah, this, I don't, I don't really feel there have been any real curveballs. Um, but I think it, I never, I never really had, I, I was just curious to see how people would, um, take to a completely sort of ephemeral musical life um and then you know to what extent people would be making screen grab of what they've been recording them and and posting them and um and and whether you know this riff format whether that would become a standalone format in its own right and, and things like that and it's 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 kind of i'd say it's nuanced um and it's definitely i i couldn't have predicted it but it's also not a curveball <laughs> I'd say. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just to go back how it, the whole system actually works. So, basically, everybody who's contributed something to the to one of the jams, all those loops and all those audio fragments are stored somewhere, right? So, and they are still accessible. Yes. So, yes. are they... Are they oh. Uh, when I would go into the uh into the app i can i still have access to everything that's ever been um uh archived on the on the server uh and then i can i can i still use it like uh can i just modify it and 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 go into a jam that's been performed like ages ago or something is that is that is that possible yeah exactly i mean there are some jams now that have been going on for over two years um and i still sometimes scroll the way back to the beginning of jams like the um uh, actually it was um if uh kink is still here um the other day i was scrolling back through uh through the jam that i did with kink on uh, when we did this launch live stream in um just over a year ago um just some nice sort of happy memories and yeah it's it, it's all there um and you can just go in and dive in and remix it straight away and you can and another thing that's really cool is that um you know it's on your phone but it's also on on your desktop so you can go back to something you did on your phone uh a year ago um in your desktop version and then just drag the riff into um your into your door uh so wow i mean it's it's 
pretty incredible. So and and so okay, let's say uh, Kyle and Mo have done this jam, and I I install the, the the endless desktop app. Could I just drag in one of the the layers of their stuff and and use it in outside of outside of endless as well? Um, if you had the link, yes. Um, right. So how th is, there, is, there, is there some kind of, uh, I mean, you know, I, I hate to, to, uh, to bring it up, but because I, I, I don't care about this at all, but yeah, I mean, how did you, what is the, your kind of, uh, idea about the intellectual property of whatever is, is ending on, on that server? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the license in the terms of, terms of service are, um, you keep the rights to anything you do on endless. Um, but you also give endless and everybody else on endless a license to do whatever they want with your stuff on endless. So it's like a, it's a, it's an right, IP okay. sandbox. Right. Um, so, um, you know, right, right now we, we don't have, we're, we're not where we want to be in terms of, um, you know, permissions and security and that kind of stuff. We've, we've, we've got it all spec'd out. We just, um, we don't have, you know, we're expanding the team um, soon uh, to, to build out some more of these features. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, so in, in the long run, um, you'll be able to set very granular p permissions about, you know, who, who can take what, where, and, um, yeah, like Creative Commons. In. Like Creative Commons, you can basically you, you can you can set the um, the 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 you know the sort of the, the uh, um, how do you say that? What's the right word for it? Like permissions per uh, yeah for yeah like for for each uh, uh, aspect of the work basically yeah 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 exactly and cause, I mean it is it is an important thing it's another one of those things about like removing emotional barriers to creativity and, and actually the whole, you know, um, IP and authorship, um, thing is actually a massive, um, emotional barrier to mm. being creative together, you know, particularly when people are collaborating and particularly when people who, um, have audiences, um, maybe even audiences of different sizes, you know, you, you want to sort of, um, feel, let's say if you've, you know, you've spent a long time building up a huge following, um, you want to feel a sense of security that it's it's safe for you to go in and collaborate with um, like one of your fans, and you don't have to worry about sorting out any of the the, the IP issues. You know, but for some people, it is sort of um, it, it's like dirty stuff to talk about. But it, it is really important. You know, pe people mm. do um, feel a sense of ownership over what they do, um, and yeah. you know, we're not going to like biohack that um, emotional mechanism anytime soon. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm personally, I don't, I don't care about it. You know, it's, it's for me, it's like uh, I'm not like the completely uh, of the mentality that all information is free to everybody. You know, but it, it, I, I wouldn't care if, if I, if, if there was something in a system like this which is not really about uh, creating things to own. You know, it's, it's more about the uh, uh, community, community experience and and having fun with uh, with music and doing things in real time and blah 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 um but i can imagine if you want to get some big players involved uh that something like this will come up at some point you know yeah mm -hmm. yeah i also think i think though that the the culture that uh, and i don't want to speak for everybody but the the culture that it attracts aren't necessarily the type of 
I mean, famous last words, but they're not necessarily <laughs> the type of person that's like, yo, they use my my hi-hat loop mm. on this track, you know, or they use my bass line. It's like, well, you shouldn't just use one note for a bass line then and a sine wave, you know? I, I, I think that sometimes, uh, I, I don't know, it, it's kind of like this, um, I, I deal with this in my hometown uh, in Indiana. There's this weird fantasy that everybody has of someone's going to break into their house and they're going to rob the family and they need to have guns to protect themselves, you know? And, and it's like, this is, this is like this idea of Kanye West coming on endless and taking your loop. It's like, I would love for Kanye West to take my loop because I would get more publicity out of him taking that loop than, than I ever have in my whole life. So then you get I, out I think publicity from the lawsuit afterwards. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but, but I think, I think also it's, a, it's also really been a disarming thing too. Um, when, when I first started, releasing records it kind of was everyone's like don't tell anybody the plugins you're using don't tell anybody your secrets don't tell anybody like blah 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 because then they'll find out and then they're gonna do exactly what you're doing and that just never happens and Mm -hmm. if somebody takes a loop i well the really cool thing about a project like this uh that is that it it's uh, it also it brings all these uh, it brings up all these questions you know it's uh, it's not only like purely having fun with with sound app but it's also asking questions about what um you know what is recorded music what is live music how should mm-hmm. we deal with intellectual property and all that so and th- that's a really interesting aspect i think of um uh yeah of this this project it's really it's really cool it brings all these these questions and um how to deal with music in the internet age, basically, you know, <clears throat> which has been going on for a while, but we still haven't figured out uh, a perfect way to deal with it. Yeah. Tim, where do you see the future of Endless going? I'm talking in terms of um, the app developing new feature sets, integrating better, more with DAWs. I mean, any idea of its progression, its growth, where do you see it going? Um, well, yeah, well... Uh, um, it's it's uh, my mind boggles. <laughs> my mind boggles. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, man. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's good. So basically, the next, you know, the rest of this year, we're um, we're mostly focusing on uh, getting the app on Windows. Um, we want to improve some of the more kind of like pro features. You know, we've been looking at, for example, something I'm just insanely excited by is actually um, hosting plugins inside Endless and, you know, being able to save them down, you know, create the mappings and save them down as presets. So you can basically, you could like, uh, where's my noise? So you could uh, um, say you have like your, your baseline instrument there, um, another baseline there, another baseline there, um, and you just hit that, does at the plugin, then you can play it in straight away with all the, all the mappings, et cetera. Um, so for both instruments and effects, that's, um, I mean, you know, this isn't coming like in the, this isn't coming in the next two or three months, but it, it's, it's coming soon. Um, and that's super exciting because I think, um, making, you know, as, as Carl said, you know, it's the, the most convenient way to, um, to use endless right now is with the sounds that are out of the box and 
um, I will make <laughs> um, make no no bones about it that you know the endless sound engine is just nowhere near the quality of like native instrument sound engines. Or something. You know they built an entire business on building sound engines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think once we once we can make it easier for um, for people to build their own personalised um, mapped custom setup with all their samples, all their plugins all their hardware patched in, but you can really quickly just um, hop between all these things, different, you know, sequences and arpeggiators and, mm-hmm. and things um, to, to pull those as closely into the, the, the workflow as possible. Like that's, I, that's super exciting for me. Yeah. I, I'm happy to hear that. I mean, because mm-hmm. I mean, right now off the bat playing with endless um, sketching ideas with the built-in sound engine is awesome. But one of the things that really, excited me was the fact of being able to record into it. I mean, being a hardware lover and collecting hardware synths and external machines and just loving the tactile control of having a physical item in my hand, the idea of being able to write a sequence or a patch on an external synth and then record it into loop and add that into the session is big for me. And I mean, I I would love to see that also grow as well, the, the possibility of integrating it I mean, it's already there, of course, but, you know, to see more and more and more features develop as well on the DAW side of being able to take external items and external loops into DAW as well. Yeah. So what, what, yeah. is, what, is the, what is the recording quality in, in Endless? What, how does it, uh, how do, do the loop, in what format get the loops stored on, on the server? So currently um, they are, I think they're 192 kilobit um, OGVORBIS format. Um, Weirdly, there is actually there's there's a quite a big artist um, who is about to release an album. I think in July it's coming. Um, that's written entirely on Endless, and awesome. um, they um, he him and his studio team kind of you know pulled it out of the app into Pro Tools, arranged the entire thing, and I think they didn't really know because the the format it exports to it's um, uh, a format. I think so. Um, I, I had to break it to him a few months ago that yeah, all those files that you had in that really high-end Pro Tools rig, they were they were at one stage they were all one nine two kilobit hogs, and he was just like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, no, it's um, no no one is no one is really no one is bashing our door down to get the HD functionality that, that's also coming. That's going to be part of our um, uh, subs- HD subscription package, which, which is coming um, later this year um, with, you know, a bunch more kind of pro pro features. Um, and, and that'll be lossless. Hmm. I was talking to a friend today and it's like, it's incredible if you create a a really cool tool like i was looking at the teenage engineering stuff and just how fucking cool that stuff is and it's amazing when a tool is cool and does and and creates these new opportunities that have never happened before how little how much less people give a shit about how analog it is you know, and uh, I, I think that um, sometimes there's, uh, I mean, of course, I've, I've got an RME interface here that I'll never part ways with uh, because I love the converters on it and, and all that. But at the end of the day, um, 
I, I'm much more interested in something that's, that's really inspiring um, to create with than, than uh, the, the circuitry. Of, I know that's like anti, uh, it's going against the knob twiddlers um, um, <laughs> motto a little bit, but I, I'm much more inspired by something that that kind of does something that I've never experienced before. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the thing is, it, it they're all just tools, you know, but there is something, like Mo said, about uh, using hardware with a very specific sound character. And I can imagine there will be people out, people out there that don't give a shit about it. And, and um, you know, I, I don't give a shit about it 90% of the times, but if I, there are moments where I do give a, a shit about it you know and then right. i want to be able to capture this in you know mm -hmm. the most sort of authentic way ever possible you know mm -hmm. um so so I, I can see it's an issue some of the time not not all of the time yeah yeah and i i think um well particularly as you know where, where we're at now i'd i'd say um we've got a few um you know we're beginning to get more and more sort of well-known artists with audiences joining joining the platform um and i'm i'm pretty sure with some of the conversations i've been having recently i'm pretty sure that's that's generally on a um upward uh tra trajectory um but i think yeah definitely where we want to get to is just being a place where people who yeah really have big audiences where it makes sense for them to um, to a have um, a much more immediate kind of visceral creative experience and b do that in front of their um, their fans um, and and also you know have a for you know for those two things to actually be greater than some of their parts as well. Um, but uh, yeah, you, we're going to need to deliver more and more kind of like pro high end features for sure. Um, which is going it, to, it, and it's going to be exciting. I think you know when when you can really, um, I really look forward to the day when I, I like I, I see a clip of like someone with a laptop running endless, like plugged into this massive SSL desk with all this really high end <laughs> stuff plugged into it. I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be quietly slightly smug. <laughs> if <I see> that <laughs> yeah, see, endless become part of the old music industry. You're 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 rebelling yeah. against, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, on exactly, an SSL yeah. in a massive studio. <laughs> yeah. What is the what the server? I mean, is is a lot of the challenges is a server issue as well once you make it like a 320 or, or wave format um full quality do you, do you i know nothing about the the back end of that type of stuff involved i mean would it bog it down basically um i mean if you've got if you're on a ropey internet connection it probably would bog it down a bit um i mean in terms of server so it will mostly come down to um the bandwidth of your connection um but i i doubt you'll um feel a huge difference uh, once once yeah. we move or at least once we roll out you know being able to turn on lossless audio for a certain jam for example hmm. it must be quite a bit of storage on your guys's end though i mean mm let's say this goes on for this, this applications around for 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, that's a lot of data to store on your end. Yeah, it is. So the, interestingly, the, the, so the cost of data storage um, is dropping by about 30% a year. Um, okay. And uh, so, well, I mean, I, I dropped a few hints. I've, you know, I'm, I've been looking very closely at 
you know blockchain crypto stuff recently and there's some really interesting services um uh there about you know, how to how to create decentralized and um decentralized permanent storage and using kind of crazy tokenomics to to make that work and there's this um platform called Arweave, which actually it, it is its own blockchain but it's a storage blockchain um and you pay once um, to store your file forever uh, which um and, and i had a I had a look into the tokenomics and how how they worked that out. And basically, they've they've calculated that as the um, storage drops in price over over the years, um, it will actually drop in price to uh, to a sort of vanishing um, to a vanishing point. So you can eff- effectively calculate um, a, a price to store a piece of data forever. I mean, you know, obviously until we finally kill our planet, God forbid. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, but but yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely something to consider. But um, you know, yeah, the price of storage is going down. I think we've got we've already got over about four million riffs um, on our servers, like four million individual riffs that people have made. I need to check that figure actually. I, I think it might be a bit more now. But <laughs> Jeez, four million, <laughs> yeah, that's heavy, man. You should have a counter somewhere in the app. We should do. Well, I mean, four million uh, riffs served, <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's style. Yeah. Well, I can. I can. I've got. So I've got the. Back, I've got the back end up here, and I can try. the The thing is that with the with this back end, the, the front end of the back end that I have here um, actually tries to pull down all the metadata from the server. So if I, but I could put it in three hundred and sixty four. I know it doesn't give me a total. No, sorry. I thought Just I'd make a number I have a quick. I'm pretty sure it's about four million riffs, um, but I, I need to. I need to look into. I need to look into that. Something. No like one's going to doubt you. Don't worry about it. Mm. We'll <laughs> four million. <laughs> Very wow. cool. We've got yeah. it. Someone in the chat saying that there's actually f- uh, five thousand billion riffs. Uh, that would equate to five trillion riffs. Uh, well, I mean, if you count all the parallel universes, then yeah. I mean, we're into the <laughs> trillions. Mm. Um, mm. but, but I don't have access to the back end of the parallel universes, not yet. Would it ever be useful to implement any kind of, um, maybe this kind of defeats the whole purpose of endless, but even like maybe recording MIDI notes to export individual MIDI notes into something. It's, it's interesting. So this has, this does get requested fairly regularly. I'd say it's not it's not the most regular thing. It's not in like the top five most regular, but it's probably in like the next five um, uh, loop, looping MIDI notes. I think that this is probably not going to be a priority, um, specifically because what we've learned in the last few months with these experiments about you know how to kind of realize the value of what happens on endless. Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely moving into this direction. Like, okay, we, you know, we want people, you know, like Clubhouse. We want people to come online together and um, perform these rituals together, and then take away these um, these mementos. Um, and I think that's that's the thing that we're going to be focusing on um, in the next few years. And uh, but we also want to um, build bridges and on ramps and off ramps into you know the the existing music creation world um mm. such as you, know, you can drag and drop drop riffs out out into your ableton session view and stack them up like that um yeah. but 
um, I think in the long run, these are going to be like the secondary, um, the secondary things. And, and so, so, you know, capturing MIDI. So what is the top five, Tim? Most requested. Oh, God, uh, most requested. Uh, Windows. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Android. Although that, that, funny enough, that seems to have died down. I think it's only when you get, if you get like, when we did the App Store launch, uh, of, when we launched the mobile app, um, we just every single YouTube video was just like Android, Android. What the fuck, Android? What <laughs> you, you always, yeah, you know, you elitist, whatever. Just like get over it. I mean, iOS is way easy to develop it for than Android. Anyway, I'm not going to uh, exercise my Android <laughs> demons here, but um, yeah, Windows, Android. Um, uh, was there any plans for a composer mode when a, where a single person gets to decide what goes into a riff and others just join to submit stems or tracks? Yeah, I mean, th- th- you know, stuff like this does come up. I think there's more, there's more general category of things. Um, uh, interoperability is a big one, um, as in, you know, using it with plugins on, you know, on, on iOS, using it with AUV3 plugins, um, MIDI mapping, um, export to door you know batch export and able to live set export and stuff like that so that that's definitely a, a bag of stuff that, that that people really want to see um uh platform support windows and android obviously um uh sometimes although we're seeing this less and less um people want uh, you know there's kind of like yeah but how do i arrange this into a track um and i'd say the noise of that is dying down I think. Um, yeah, well, I, I can imagine why why that's the first thing because that's what people know, you know, that the stuff that yeah. is out there is basically all designed to come up with the final, uh, yeah, version of, of whatever you're working on. It needs to it needs to be molded into uh, something you can play or something you can uh, you can store as a as a final thing. And this is uh, this is basically more sort of celebrating the the, the ritual of, of playing together with other people and. Um, you know, maybe even not even care about about the uh, the recordings that it has made, but just have the memories to 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 and you know of the enjoyment of the of the moment, or whatever. It's a whole different attitude to towards what it is to make music. Yeah, absolutely, and that that's our that's our biggest opportunity and our biggest challenge. Um, right. Like how yeah. how to um, how to persuade people. Well, well, really, I think that. All we really need to persuade people to do is like come have a go and we need to make sure that that first five minutes is just like a seamless magic experience and we're not quite there yet um we've we've got some uh we've got some tricks to pull there in terms of you know making the onboarding process better but um but yeah you know we, we are at you know on the at the macro level we're talking about kind of behavior and attitude change which is always a a challenging um, thing. Are, are there are there any things that you planned initially that you decided uh, to leave out because it sort of complicated the process or or made it more difficult to seduce people to 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 start using it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we we've definitely talked. Um, I, I'd say in the past we've talked more about this idea of arranging things and creating songs um than than we do now um and what i'm thinking about or the, the way i'm thinking about 
I get kind of like capturing mementos of these live jams um, as I get kind of experiences or quote unquote content that people can then go back to and revisit or enjoy or interact with or something. Um, you know, that um, it doesn't have to be a song. It doesn't have to be um, arranged. It, it can be a collection of material and it can be presented nicely. And, you know, we maybe we could even have sort of visualizers with that or ways that you can drag the wrist around different orders and say, like, I didn't really like that one and just sort of highlight things. But it's not, you know, it's something between um, the an arrangement process, the curation process, I'd say. Mm -hmm. so so you could see a jam like uh, almost like a gallery of some sort you know like yes. a, a collection a collection of of moments which form a gallery um and are there any yeah. plans or is maybe possible now to access those galleries outside of the app um so uh yeah not not now we we do we have been experimenting with um web like web audio tech well not actually html5 audio uh, not net, not actually web audio yet, but we're looking um, at uh, ways of yeah off offering an in browser experience, not not for creation, but for uh, yeah for viewing. you know for yeah. viewing yeah. Um, viewing yeah because in in a brain. sense in a sense you could you we would then sort of invent or have invented or maybe uh, suggested a new format you know instead of presenting an audience with a finished song you present them with a gallery of instances or scenes that you could yeah. listen to in any order it's sort of like i mean there's been many many sound and or av installations that are based on that idea you know like a, a new scene starts playing when somebody walks in the corner of that you know that corner of the room or you know like a collection yeah. of uh, of stuff which is variations on it on it on a theme that sort of play randomly um but are drawn from from a gallery or or a ba database of of, uh, of of stuff, you know. Exactly, yeah. And, and for for me, where it gets really exciting is when, um, so let's say, um, you know, the three of you, um, Speedy Day, Drum Cell, Carl Geiger, do an endless jam. Just planting a seed of an idea. Um, <laughs> um, <but> so, <laughs> let's do it. This. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Seed is planted. <laughs> um, so you know, you you. Um, all do a jam together and let's say um, over um, <laughs> amazing okay <laughs> uh, so over the period of a couple of hours um, let's say three four five hundred people show up to like tune in, tune into this jam and then at the end of the jam um, you give them uh, everybody who was there has an opportunity to basically collect that jam um, as as a as a gallery piece which they could then have on um on their their profile and only the people who were there get to collect that so so let's say if it wasn't speedy j okay. drum selling um carl geiger it could be um you know a, a, an emerging artist um someone who just joined the platform 15 minutes ago but was super talented and let's say they were in a jam with someone else and three people saw that um and uh it was absolutely incredible but no one knew about it because they hadn't built up an audience yet but those three people could get to collect that jam which could then go on to be a quite you know quite special and sought after jam if you see where i'm going with all of this 
you mean are you talking about um, uh, scarcity like uh, um, creating things which are uh, have only been seen by uh, like a very small secret group of people and therefore making having a higher value than something that, which has been accessible for everybody that's yeah that's definitely something that I, that I think about a lot and, and i guess looking at the whole this whole scarcity idea from the other side of it it's it's like relevance so mm. um the uh, you know m most of the time as you know, you know when you're um you've done a lot of improvised shows uh, you go to these shows um um you know a few hundred people um will be in in the room and and they will um witness the experience and it will mean something to them and you know what happened in that room um will mean i don't know 10 times more to to them or however much it's much more relevant to them um but yeah i mean this is we're definitely into the in the kind of um the 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 blue the blue yonder uh, <laughs> blue sky thinking um, well but you you have you have something uh, in place i saw during the jam that uh, kyle and, and uh, mo were doing uh, that there are moments uh, during the jam that you can mint as an nft and and we, there you know becomes like a uh, yeah like a unique moment that uh, who is actually doing that was the audience doing that or um, who decides what what is the moment that is going to be uh, turned into an nft then what, how does it um, work how did it work? i mean that was basically me <laughs> oh that was you okay, so, okay. yeah it was literally it was me i was here <laughs> there with my um little hardware wallet trying to and and the the network was incredibly slow that night so right um it it, it was it took about 25 minutes just to um to, to to do it all okay but, well, it, um, looked, it looked to me like there was some kind of voting going on you know at some point uh, everybody was like yeah 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 this one this one <laughs> yeah no, i mean it was definitely in conversation with with, with, right. with the chat um yeah i mean it was a it was a um it was a an experiment really um and uh and i was yeah i'm very honored that uh Kyle and Mo um, took part in this 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 experiment, and you know it's we, a good we idea. Though. A lot yeah, it's, mean, it's definitely. I think it's it's definitely going in an, an interesting direction. Hmm. What about what about streaming what you're doing live? I mean, what's the best way to go about it? Is there somewhere something that can be integrated into the software directly where you can stream live jams, like put in a Twitch stream key or something because I know Kyle's done it on his channel where he's uh, allowed um, his followers or his listeners to um, use like a demo version to kind of join in on a jam in a live environment. But what would be the best way to use the software to go about doing something like that? Yeah, that, actually, that that's something that that's um, it's probably more on my wish list. <laughs> um, I haven't uh, maybe I've seen that come up a couple of times. Um, I think that's quite um, important actually. Um, to allow, um, I mean, let's say, you know, OBS software is open source. So, you know, to create some kind of fork, um, uh, like Frankenstream version of, of Endless, where um, you could, you know, instead of having, because right now you have to capture the end of screen into OBS, you then have to chop it up, that you then have to feed your audio back in. I mean, it's exactly the same as if you're streaming um, a session with um, Ableton or any other any other door. But it's not, you know, it's not simple, particularly on a Mac with you know, the audio settings, you know, getting looped back, 
um, mm -hmm. it can be quite complicated. So I think if, you know, if we could bake in some basic sort of OBS style functionality, particularly the audio routing, so you could just, um, uh, so you could have like a mic channel, um, then you could have an endless channel and you could mix those together and put that straight out to the stream. That, that would be, I think that would be pretty cool. Mm. Something, yeah. uh, something that I do, I'm, I'm actually streaming from a different computer than I uh, produce music from. And the, the conundrum is, so the, the, for most streamers, for most people that are doing Twitch on any kind of serious level, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not streaming from the same computer that they're producing from. Uh, and what I've learned is that Macs are impressively shitty with live streaming. They have all kinds yeah. of issues, and OBS is not really – it's kind of retrofitted for, app, uh, for Macs. And mm. so the, the tricky thing is, is that I'm running Windows on a Mac computer to stream from. And my 2012 MacBook running Windows streams at a better quality than my 2019 i9 processor does. Wow. It's crazy, right? Yeah. That's so crazy. that Windows version, <laughs> then we, we, have, we have what we need. Yeah. And we're cooking. Yeah. 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 So, so how did how did you manage to just uh, be in in uh, in the jam together? What did Tim? Did you set up like a, a private uh, room, or were you just lucky that nobody else uh, joined in and uh, fucked it up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we just yeah. I mean, it's it's a bit like um, like a Google link. I think in, in fact, you know, the link to get into this streamyard um, call, for example. I, I you know, if I'd shared that on Twitter, then anybody could have come into this. I believe. Anyway, it's it's yeah. like it's like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so currently our security, our sort of permissions, moderation, security settings are, um, do you have the link or don't you have the link? Right. Um, so it was just, yeah, just me and, um, Mo and Kyle. In fact, I wasn't in the jam because we, I think we were, no, we were streaming from, uh, from Germany actually. So, so Echolox, who's our community manager and streaming, um you know runs all our streams he was actually streaming from germany um i was here in london um Carl was in berlin mo was in la and the stream was coming from um gelsenkirchen <laughs> gelsenkirchen of all places <laughs> <laughs> very sexy <laughs> <laughs> yeah the wild the bright lights of gelsenkirchen <laughs> cool um yeah, let's uh, let's not further ignore the people who are <laughs> commenting here. That's what always happens. Uh, if I'm, uh, I'm just scrolling through it, there's a lot of talk going on. But um, yeah, if you have any any questions about uh, Endless or about uh, the performance that uh, that uh, these guys did, uh, or any ideas what it could uh, what what could be uh, you know like future applications that you would want from Endless, uh, just drop it in the the chat and. Uh, we can bring it in and discuss it. Joachim, have you had the opportunity to play with Endless yourself? I'm I'm embarrassed to say no, but but I was just uh, uh, in a pre-chat. I was with Tim, and I I you know told him uh, I looked into it um, when it was just out when we were starting the remote jams, mm -hmm. uh, and the thing, the only thing that that uh, I felt was. Um, 
that made it not so suitable is that, I mean, I basically wanted to replicate the in-person jams that I did here in, in at, at the lab, which mm. musically was all very slow evolving, very long arc type um, sort of, you know, I wouldn't say it's what it was all techno, but it was all very, you know, uh, yeah, very, very long evolving parts, basically, you know, like the one yeah. we did, you know, it's a, and um, as much as I like uh, stacking loops and, and, you know, using shorter fragments, um, I was looking for something that could uh, handle uh, joining uh, a session with somebody else, you know, somebody over the internet and, and still have the uh, capability of, you know, just moving around uh, in, in, you know, in within the gear to just make very slow evolving things because, um, yeah, that was the and the idea was also to hear to both hear the the, the, the jam in real time, you know, on both sides. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if if uh, yeah, I, I I could totally see to do you know uh, to do jams with this and and just adapt the the playing to to what the how the app works, you know. I would to be totally into doing one. <laughs> so let's do it. We already said it, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's too, it's com seems like it's two completely different beasts, the way the remote jams work. And yeah. The way Endless works. I mean, endless yes. kind of plays itself a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm not describing this properly, but a little bit more on the production end in terms of, you know, writing riffs and producing and adding to a collection of sounds where the, where the jams that Johan's been doing is truly kind of like a really uh, is, would DJ format not be appropriate to say? Um, well, I I don't maybe not, but I I I just think the only difference is that um, you know the idea was to connect uh, hardware studios and you yeah. know and and using hardware you know in, in, inherently if you're if you're having stuff going in in step time and just coming up with beats and melodies and sequences on the fly yeah. uh, things tend to evolve slowly you know and yeah. i you know there's a sound to that there's a, there's a certain sound to um things being added like one thing at a time and very slowly um i mean um yeah i mean it that is just uh the sort of aesthetic that I that I like uh, about working with hardware and, and doing things like that, you know, it's more of yeah. like sound design on the fly kind of thing, you know. That's the. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying it's one's better or you know than the other, but it's it's mm. just a slight different uh, way of uh, approaching. Different approach. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The way I met Tim was he was uh, on. I don't know if he remembers this, but he was talking about Endless on Clubhouse. And mm. this was unique because he was the only person on the entire clubhouse that wasn't talking about cryptocurrency or pretending <laughs> to be a record executive. But, um, but so I, I asked, I asked, um, Tim, I was like, is this similar to, uh, Raptor, uh, or Reapers, um, Ninjam? Uh, for syncing and then that's how the conversation started and then i just downloaded the 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 app and tested it out that night um and and i would say completely completely different experiences 
Um, well, well, the really cool thing about Endless is that uh, you basically don't have to worry about the syncing at all. You know, it just uh, mm. it appears in your in your playlist or in your scene, whatever it's called. The the, mm -hmm. the gallery is called in in Endless as soon as it's uploaded, and then you can you can tap it and, and play it. And with Ninjam, you actually have to make sure things are running on the same clock, you know, or on the same yeah. uh, pulse, you know. And it's it's a it's a lot harder to do, and it takes a lot more. You know, effort and even I would say skill. You know, if you if you do it manually, uh, and, and that's that's is, what I was trying to allude to earlier when I said a little bit more of a DJ format. Right. Okay. Okay. It right. Was, yeah. It was more of the what I was talking about in terms of like, you know, matching up BPMs and staying on the same pulse, the same clock, same tempo, and working together yeah. to keep the groove going over extended period of time. No, I think it's brilliant that that you that it basically just appears when whenever it gets uploaded, so you you can. Uh, you don't have to uh, to worry about the the syncing over the internet kind of thing at all. You know, it's just basically whenever it's there, it starts playing, or you can make it start playing. Um, and it's the only. The, I think the main difference then is uh, both sides are not hearing the same thing at the same time. And with with the Ninjam method, that is true. You know, it's it's two bar two bars delayed on both to both sides. You know, to both ends. So it's two bars, right? It, can you can you can you set that on Ninjam? Yeah, can yeah, you, you can. Well, I, two bars is the minimum. Uh, you can you can uh, you can get it to one bar if you if you double double the tempo. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the the buffer the buffer is basically. Uh, you know, it, the, the the audio is buffered on the server, and it's it's made sure you know that that is going to uh, be uh, played back in sync together with the stream that you are receiving uh, on both ends. You know, so it's uh, it takes it basically takes care of the latency, and it delays the the music with a musical interval rather than just yeah. with random latency, which is what yeah. solves the problem pretty much. You know. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is that um, if you're reacting on each other, if uh, playing in the same room, then you would you would also be able to to do like massive drops and shit, and then you know people you know, if in the same room it would sound the same to both. And if you would do that yeah. over the internet, the other person will <laughs> will only notice that you did that after two bars, and it, it that's a yeah. bit weird. So so naturally the music starts to be more sort of slow evolving, and 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 uh, you know. Uh, but it's it's fine, you know. But I think I think you solved it in, in endless. You solved it in a, in a really good way. But the downside of that is that you have to keep you know to the limit of the of the bar length or the the sample length. You know, it's uh, what is the, what is the limit like six, eight bars, well, sixteen? It's eight bars, but that's more. Um, I think currently the the limit on the file size is sixty four seconds. Um, right. And so, so you can kind of hack the, so you can set the bar length to eight rather than four, which essentially gives you 16 bars. I think actually, God, it's just, I don't, I don't even nearly get enough time to play with it um, these days. Um, but it, but I mean, in uh, the, the, the fact is that it is a limited, uh, uh, there is a limit to it and, and you're always working with loops. That's basically what it is. Yeah. You're yes. committing, yeah, you you're committing always, the, yeah. Yeah, you're committing a loop, and and then it becomes part of the jam, and it's not it's never something yeah. that keeps on streaming inside uh, in inside the app, or that sort of evolves, and it's always like a part of something, and then it and it gets committed to the jam that like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, so it does. Um, well, I'm I'm just yeah. But, brains like uh a few steps ahead <laughs> thinking about uh, ways um so 
I've only got quite a few ideas um, of how to... Because I, I, one of the things you miss in that format is you literally just have loops coming in and loops disappearing, and um, there's something nice about having things that just evolve. Yeah, and yeah, don't yeah, yeah. Inform. That that um, was the only restriction that I ran into mm. when I when I first looked into it. I thought, okay, well, you know, uh, this could be a really nice challenge or a really nice uh, fun thing to do uh, for another project. But f that was the thing that limited mm. uh, was limiting to the idea that I had. So. But you have ideas to make it work. How? Do, how? <laughs> well, I'm thinking more in more in terms of this sort of you know once a jam happened um, because I think for you know for the experience of the of the jam the experience of this what I call conversational collaboration where um, you know the other you've got consensus collaboration which is basically Google Docs um, where everybody is kind of arbitrating one single truth and then you've got yeah. conversational collaboration Wikipedia. Where yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah and then you've got conversational which is like someone does something and that and the next person's like yes and and then yes and yes and yes and this um and um so i think the experience that delivers for the people who are creating is, is a really fun experience because you do feel like you're in a conversation with someone and, and i don't think the loopiness of it um detracts too much from at least that creative experience um, where it can sort of, or, or, you know, or even where, even as a listener, when you're listening to that experience, because you, you know you see the riff come in, it's just like last riff by Drumsell, last riff by Carl Geiger, and you can see the layers, and it's it's got a certain kind of like esports sort of yeah. um, gaming kind of quality <laughs> to it, which is quite fun. Um, but it's when it's when you listen back to it. Um, and it's like, you know, here's one riff, and then we skip the next one after four bars, and after four bars. I think there, um, you know, if if we're going to go, I, I mean, I, I think this whole idea of, like, being part of jams, witnessing jams, and being able to collect those jams and then host them. So, you know, your profile becomes a gallery of jams that you've been at or part participated in, et cetera. Um, and those experiences of listening back to those jams um, there's a bunch of stuff that I think could be done to, let's say, animate the trans transition between those loops so they don't sound oh. like just, you know, just triggering another scene in Ableton. Um, what do you mean, but, like sort of like morphing between them or cross-fading? Cross because there it is audio. You can't really process it in any other way than just uh, fading, right? Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, cross-fading would, uh, would be the first port of call. But, you know, then there are other... Um, you know, you could use DSP. FFT. <laughs> well, I mean, I so um, we have been kind of experimenting with very with some sort of spectral algorithms um, around, uh, particularly around mixing and summing, etc. Because that can that can become a problem. Because you know, when you're jamming, you're not paying any attention to like you know where you've got um, things that. Uh, you know, frequency, you know, everything is hitting the same frequency at the same time. You've got like horrible, like phase. Um, and so, you know, we've been experimenting with some algorithms around that to, um, to make the summing process a little bit more elegant for, uh, or let's say resilient to not really caring about mixing. Um, but that's, I mean, that again, that's like pretty far out. Um, mm. But, but I think you're just using, filtering instead instead of because you know we know that we know the content of each layer we know what's in it what you know we know whether it's drums or a bass line or something melodic 
Um, so we could um, choose um, you know, a bit, bit like if, if you've edited videos, you've got like transitions in videos uh, where, you know, you can either like fade through black, fade through white, cross dissolve, cross fade. And then you've got the weird ones, like the 80s ones, where it's just like rotate a screen. Um, but you, know, you could do the similar, a similar sort of thing slightly intelligently with, with audio. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm hey, totally I'm, spitballing here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fun because we're now sort of, um, uh, you know, sort of improvising on what could be possible and sort of, you know, taking mm. it way further than, than, than the current state. But another, th another thing I was thinking, um, you know, so the, the internal instruments are auto quantized, right? So you can just tap away and it gets folded, yeah. sort of forced to a grid. Uh, what about if you have like an acoustic instrument or something that you play uh, without quantization as audio from an external source? Um, mm. Is there a way to to quantize that audio the way kind of Ableton Live does that? Or um, like not not uh, yet. No, I not beg yet. him for a nudge function. A nudge function. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th this, this does actually requ um, get requested quite a bit. O also, um, what people call rewanning. It's another one of these uh, um, endless um, endless community made words or concepts um because if you're jamming with people you can quite often um end up like where the one is in the bar oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. over time yeah. Uh, and then it, it's quite frustrating if you dra then drag that riff um into ableton and you've got like eight different loops and uh you have to well actually in ableton it's quite straightforward because you could just change you just drag the, the starting point um, yeah the starting point if you're doing it in Pro Tools, I mean, I'm 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 still uh, whenever I do audio stuff, I still use Pro Tools because I'm just old <laughs> um, <laughs> and I love I love the audio editing. But in Pro Tools, you have to you literally have to like chop at the one, remove that bit, put it at the end, and shift it all back. Um, uh, but so you know, a, a kind of process that that looks after that in the app is um, hotly hotly contested, hotly contested, hotly requested, um, but uh, it's actually not as straightforward well it's it's more of a a ui issue than a, a technical issue um but just needs a bit of uh solving anyway we're getting right into the weeds now something no, that, something something that i thought about when i was doing the jam with mo is there were there was actually a time when i think we had to call each other on the phone, this would be strictly sensitive. Well, maybe it would be apl applicable for um, for jamming out in general. But there was a time where I had to call Mo, and I'm like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna have the kick drum fall out for a little bit, and then we're gonna you know we're gonna bring it back in." And yeah. I I would love. Is there any talk about uh, maybe having some kind of uh, this could get this could get out of hand really quick, but like a master bus that you could apply effects to the master bus, like filters and stuff. If you if you wanted to change, because right now you have to if you apply an effect to it that overwrites that audio. So say you filter a kick drum, then that kick drum becomes filtered in the next <laughs> riff, and then you can't right you can't bring that back to what it was in a very uh, non-bulky way is there any possibility of doing a, a, a maybe a limited effects bus on the on the master channel or having a master channel um 
so this yeah we've definitely talked about this and and i've thought about i've thought about this more than i've talked to the team about this (laughs) um because the the team already have like a a huge amount on their plate but um you know we already we we have a fairly simple look ahead limiter on the output um that does little more than just limiting you know it it does kind of glue glue everything together a, a little bit i think you know um I think the max gain reduction you get is like six six decibels before. So we've got to go to go through the the. Um, I was going to say it's not really the channel strip, but the, um, the 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 way the gain works. So we've got this auto leveling thing um, that that's uh, before the limiter. So if all the eight loops um hit and it's 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 quite it's a fairly complex kind of rms algorithm that it took me a couple of years to get right in the flow machine and we just basically ported it over into <laughs> endless but um it takes like an rms thing and it excludes and transients so it allows some transients to pop through. but basically it just means that the jam the actual source material itself never gets too loud so if if you get an overage in the auto leveler it will just like gently turn all the levels down um uh, not like a not like a compressor for, so they don't creep up again it just literally t- turns them down very slightly it took us ages to get this algorithm um like right ish anyway uh, and then after that so generally the auto leveler means that you're, you're never hitting the limiter with much more than like a, you know two or three db um over uh, so it just does a little bit of squashing anyway um more getting into the weeds but um um, one thing that has been discussed is um, creating these kind of like mastering um, channel strips, for example, where say you could just dial in a, just a little bit of saturation, um, do some uh, do some tricks with it, and those could also be like you know a high pass, for example. Which, well, I think I think was Kyle is more talking about more like um, uh, playing the output of the uh, of of the app you know of the jam uh, as you would uh, if you were playing in a club you know so you can cut the mm-hmm. bass at times you know apply some effects and then go back to the but Kyle one thing is if, uh, it would only be audible on the side of the person who is actually applying that effect it wouldn't it wouldn't loop, loop back or it wouldn't be played uh, in the actual jam it would just be played on the output you know those modifications would only be audible uh, to the person who is who is uh, applying the final effect well, that's what I'm meaning. I mean, because you you can uh, you can create new riffs with different volume levels on the jam, and so what I'd love to yeah. see is something that doesn't actually print the audio, like oh, like not destructive. Then, you mean, yeah? Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm. And then you would have um, you would have a filter that would be just the the parameters of the filter. That then, when you create that riff, it would apply that filter to pretty much globally across the jam yeah but um, I but i mean that that again that is sort of uh if if both sides uh are not necessarily listening to the same part of the jam um that is still sort of defeating the purpose isn't it it's only it's only it's only important or only makes sense for the person who is on the streaming side you know who is basically controlling the output of the of the entire jam I see what you're saying. So it'd be yeah. streaming, streaming only. Yeah. Would, so would so you might as well. Sense. So you might as well just hook up the 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 you know the and the output of the jam who on the on the person on the side of the person who's streaming it to a DJ mixer and do it that way. 
Why are you simplifying things so much? <laughs> well, I mean, we've dealt uh, with the this same great idea. We, we, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, it's it's the whole the whole issue is the non the non real time character of of endless. But that's I the mean, thing. I think it definitely would be possible. I mean, you know, the reason we don't. So I think what you're meaning is like um, on any eight layers, you can actually just put an, an, an effect, a real time effect on one of those layers. Let's say drop a low pass filter or, you know, if it's a kick, drop, drop a high pass filter or a kick, um, which doesn't print. Uh, it just runs in real time. Um, and then you could hit create riff. And then you send that with, with its channel strip. Um, or, or effect on that layer to another jammer. I mean, that, it's definitely it's definitely possible. I think um, mm -hmm. to a certain extent, it's one. You know, one of the things that we've always wanted to do is keep endless really really portable. Um, so, like whatever you do um, on whatever device, it will always run. Uh, you'll always be able to pick it up instantly, and it will be really light, and it'll run on a mobile device. Um, so, if you start um allowing people to stack up kind of multiple effects on um you know eight layers then you might start to run into um the, you know, the processing uh limits of certain devices because so so i think that's why we've kept the uh, runtime audio um to quite a minimum on on endless um just, just to keep a portability I think that's also something that we we haven't even really discussed yet through this discussion i think there's been kind of like this perspective that everybody's sitting at the exact same time working on a track and doing this, but endless is really something where Kyle might be going out to the supermarket to do shopping and I'm working on a track. And if I do a change, he gets an alert on his phone that says, you know, drum cell made a remix to your track. Mm -hmm. And then I can go off and do whatever I have to do. And when Kyle gets home, he adds to the track. So it's not something that needs to be doing simultaneously all the time. It's, it's, yeah. you can always be working on something at complete different times and just always update yeah, that's, it when it's more convenient. Exactly. That's, that's what, uh, what Tim was talking about. That some jams have been going on for years um, mm. They've not actually been going on for years, but you know they've been contributed yeah. to for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I, yeah, I, I, I. One of the first things that really interested me in this is um, we we talk a lot about accessibility and making. We talk a lot about making awakenings um, more uh, diverse and and whatnot, but but we've never tackled the barriers to entry into music creation. And that, that to me, like if, if, if Feyenoord's going to have a good year, you better look at what the 12 year old team is doing, you know? And then you're like, finally, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to win the Erdfrese or whatever. Um, and uh, the, with music accessibility, I think, I, I mean, I worked in a school where kids were um, basically, 70% of the kids were below the poverty level at mm. the school that I worked at. And half those kids, all they wanted to do is talk about making beats, you know? Yeah. And how do you like, how do you tap into to this world that's super excited about making music, but then even, I mean, Ableton for, for what it does is an incredible price point, right? It's hmm. still, that's still two months rent for, for a lot of these kids and hmm. their families. And 
being able to interface and, and then buying a computer is also a thing. Most of these kids don't have a computer. They all have smartphones. They all have smartphones. Mm. And, and being able to have something that has an, an iOS version of it or, or a smartphone version that's actually quite usable um, is something that really excites me about making music uh available music creation available for mm. people that have never had access to to making making music because of economic situations and that's uh shout out to you for for yeah. for doing point, that Kyle. and making it making it accessible yeah good point and not not only that is is valuable but it's um i mean there've been loads of apps since uh, since iOS has been in existence you know that allow you to make you know pattern based music or you know fuck around with sound and something but you know if you if you um use endless you're tapping into an entire ecosystem with with uh where basically the pro le- or the the level of of professionality between artists is uh, basically uh, kind of uh, democratized or even out, you know what I mean? Like there's people of all, all different levels and, and still everybody has access, you know, which is, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, was, that was really, uh, yeah, again, you know, it comes back to this portability thing, et cetera. You know, to, one of the main things we wanted to do is to build a, a, a core workflow um, that could, you know, could be even even more simple than the, the mobile app. You know, could be like a kid's, a sort of two or three year old's play toy um, that still plugs into the the, the basic uh, workflow and the framework behind Endless. Um, and then, you know, at the top end, we could have crazy um, crazy levels of pro features, etc. And and for there to be a, a you know one single workflow that that joins um, the whole thing and, and to make uh, to build a completely linear um, path of progress, basically. So, so you, you know, you don't have to like learn a ton up front, and then you can get into it. You can just literally just keep on getting better and better, and you never kind of run into any um, any difficult periods where it's hard to progress or um, or where it no longer makes sense to you. I mean, that, that's a, another thing. I've there been. Uh, you know, Endless is by no means the first kind of like social music app that's tried to kind of make um, music creation somehow collaborative and, and, and interactive. I think where, um, you know, we've seen a, a bunch of platforms kind of go o- over the years. And I think um, one common feature of these platforms is that um, they've provided a, a really fun experience um and they maybe got a ton of people who've come in and had a fun time but then um they haven't been able to progress they haven't been able to take it to the next level they haven't been able to um to, you know a- anybody who creates anything want to progress in their creativity and and there are many different ways to to me- to measure that i mean you may be even in different ways to measure that um but the point is that there has to be some kind of progress like you have to feel like you're getting better um, or you're connecting with other people um, or that, you know, if you want to like make money out of it or you want to build an audience, you know, whatever, whatever your, your, your goals are, like everybody needs to, to work towards something. And I think most of these platforms that we've seen come and go have had quite a sort of glass ceiling. You know, you can have a, a you know, a fun kind of collaborative social experience and then it's just like 
So, well, the next step, I guess, I need to get Ableton then. Um, and, you know, not, not that Endless is here to um, steal um, DAW's lunch at all. I mean, I, I kind of see it as we're building this uh, a real-time layer around all, all the um, music production tools that we, that we have today. Mm. Um, and so in, 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 in a way that like, um, you know, we are the, the sort of what clubhouse is to podcasting, um, or uh, it's that, it's that kind of relationship, you know, m- music as it is, um, only really has this kind of on demand. Well, unless you go to a show, which is very, I mean, it's, it's a very different thing, but, um, music is only on demand. Um, and we haven't really had yet had this kind of like linear radio start, you know, live music thing, unless you go to a specific show at a specific time. So that's where, anyway, I'm, I'm rambling into like strategic positioning and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just feel like, um, that it's, it's kind of been shocking to me how many uh, music technology companies, and I, I understand that there's, there's challenges to doing this, but it feels like a lot of them are completely asleep at the wheel with uh, creating mobile versions of their software. And I, um, uh, my son just turned five months old uh, not too long ago. I don't envision him having a laptop until he becomes an adult. You know, I don't envision him interfacing with the computer, uh, maybe for like keyboarding classes and stuff, but I, I don't see a future that has that. And there will always be things that you'll need computers for. There will always be things like once you dump the final product into, you need a studio, you need the high end stuff. Um, but I, I, I just kind of wonder, I, I think about like how many, how much of my musical interests changed beyond the age of, 20 you know i i i I love the music that i was into then even more now and maybe i've dabbled into some other things but i feel like the way with music the way people create music is also kind of uh solidified and i i think if if there's a new generation that does not interface with computers at all um except in school but they're glued to their mobile device i i'm i'm just kind of shocked that that the software companies have not been more aggressive with making mobile device versions of their softwares i'm i definitely understand why um i I mean making there's just not there's not that much money in in um just mobile music apps Mm. um uh, and you know there are quite a few companies again there's quite a few companies that have tried to make a go of it and there was a bit of a peak um i say three or four years ago of these kind of like gamified um music making apps like beat maker go and super pads um they basically they, they they used um they were just very shrewd about the economics around um you know performance marketing and conversion rates and um using kind of dark patterns to get people to subscribe etc so they they raced up through the app charts and provided a, basically a sort of um, an almost non-existent music creative experience, um, and they sort of went and then they're, they're sort of all, you know they're kind of disappearing now um, because it, it was literally just 
gaming unit economics. Um, and but then you've got um, you know quite a few uh, you know sort of one two person teams developing mobile apps, um, developing AV three plugins, and I think. Um, you know, some of them, like, so Marek Bereza, the guy who created the Koala app, which is amazing. And if you don't have Koala app, go and get the Koala app because it's basically like a kind of like a, um, the boss, the SP404 sampler in an app. And it's awesome. And I think it's one of the most, it's one of the most successful apps. So I think, you know, he's, he's make, definitely making a go of it um, for, you know, one, one guy as a, as a, as a, as a one person developer. Um, so yeah, it, it's just not. Um, it's not like uh, unless you've got a strategy that goes beyond it, um, it just doesn't really make sense to um, you know. You're not going to uh, if you're a big company and you want to boost your bottom line, you're probably not going to do it via a mobile app um, unless yeah, you that's specific. Hmm? I was saying you make a good point about seeing um, companies make an effort to get into that world, and then it seems to just kind of teeter off after. A while i mean like even native instruments made a big push to try to put machine machina on, yeah. on the iphone as well and there was all these promises of being able to sequence and make beats and then export those into a machina file that you can actually put into your daw and and i don't know if they're still continuing the development on it but it seems that after the initial hype it's just kind of faded a little bit yeah i mean it's yeah it's just it's not um unless unless it's really plugs into the um the entire strategy of what you're building it just doesn't really make make sense um and yeah, I think particularly- it's gonna, it's, yeah it's just those things are just basically just a standalone uh, gimmicky kind of thing and and never capable of uh you know uh producing entire things and on top of that endless is more about the community and the and the collaborative uh, aspect and than really being a, a mobile music making app right yeah, exactly, and 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 I think the um, the let's say the like compositional approach to to music um, is just very complicated, and you know, sort of harking back to what I was saying about how the music industry arose and how the the production technology followed the money and the, and the techniques followed the money. It's just complex. It's de- it was designed. Um, it wasn't designed to be complex. It just evolved to be complex because. Um, everybody was trying to outsmart each other to make the best products and music, you know, um, records, CDs, whatever. Um, so, uh, and, and those kind of workflows um, are not really, you know, there are corners you can cut, you can make the interfaces nicer, you can kind of simplify some things and automate other things, but at the end of the day, it's just not, you're not going to get a good experience for that. On 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 a on a mobile device, it, it's just not. Um, I don't think it's a pro. You know, the promise of like, you know, I recorded the whole album on my mobile f- phone is. I don't think it can really be delivered. You know, some people have really tried to do it. And make, yeah, but make more or less, uh, more as a as a challenge. You know, let's see if I can actually mm. pull it off. But I mean, if there's nobody on the other side of the of the line, you know, it's just a boring exercise. Yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, you know who does this really well with like the kind of cradle to grave user experience? And as much as I have serious issues with the way they, they do things in their pricing schedule, it's Pioneer. Pioneer, mm-hmm. the, the most like toyish version of the CDJ or the DDJ that like 100 euro thing that you can get. Um, 
that behaves so similarly to the uh, uh, what it, the fifty-five thousand uh, dollar CDJs that you have to use for the clubs, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I the the software the, it's it's a very very similar experience for for all the things that it just it's one's more way more pro than the other, and I I wonder if there's if there's a path for for software companies to to take more notes from something like Pioneer to to kind of get people in with the with that have severe serious economic barriers i.e. I can't I DJ for a living well you know how it goes with covid but um the, I can't afford the gear that I use in clubs I can, 100% I can't afford this uh so having a a bedroom experience bedroom producer experience uh that would mimic the the like pro experience is is super important i think yeah and and i think you know we probably do have an opportunity to do something similar i i, I would say because you know that at the at the core of is offering is DJing, which, um, you know, there's a fairly, I'd say that the core workflow of DJing, um, the core workflow of Endless is not that, not a million miles away from the sort of complexity level of the core workflow of DJing. You know, you have, you have two tracks and you mix them together and then you can embellish that with some effects and maybe you have more decks and then you can add some sample decks, etc. You know, the level of complexity of, of Endless's core workflow, which is like, You've got up to eight layers. You've got instruments. You tap to loop to one layer, um, and and so it goes. Um, so I think yeah, we, yeah, we we do have an opportunity to to create a cradle to grave experience. I've never heard that. It's great, um, <laughs> and uh, which I think you know the um, music production doesn't really have have that opportunity. I think. Um, and, and, you know, that again, there have been a lot of companies who've um, come and gone, who've tried to, you know, democratize the creation of music. Um, and again, it's just the, the basic level of complexity involved um, in producing a final track, um, you know, to the, extent, to the extent that you actually have enough autonomy to really feel like you created that track. It's just not, it, it's not something that um, you can get into to, yeah, it's not something you can get into easily. Uh, and that's definitely another thing we want to do with, with endless to you know, create a create cradle to grave experience. And yeah, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, it's good. I mean, it, it, it kind of nails it. I didn't invent the term. Uh, they talk about it okay. with healthcare. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can, it kind of works with healthcare, but I'm not sure we'd like, yeah. <laughs> It's our tagline. Cradle, it's cradle, cradle to, to rock stardom. Maybe we'll we'll let, make it less dark. Cradle to rock stardom. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and cradle to rock stardom. They're going to eventually die a, a death alone. You know, um, yeah. yeah, anyways. Um, I'd say Kink still here. I'm, I'm, I'm honored <laughs> that, that uh, uh, Kink, big ups, big ups, Astral. I mean, uh, massive, massive fan. Um, and uh, he, yeah, he's really um in, you know talk, talk about democratizing things um i think you know he really democratized live electronic music um uh and i know that you know we've had i've spoken with him a couple of times about you know he he was sort of um aware of what i was doing in the early days but you know i was i was like 
I wasn't really thinking about the audience, to be honest. Uh, I was just like, look at this cool shit you can do. Let's do it really, really fast. <laughs> um, and like, fuck the audience. They don't need to dance. They need to look at me because I'm doing stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, <laughs> King came along and, um, uh, yeah, massive respect, massive respect. Um, and, and, you know, he, he took all these, um, advanced these techniques, um, turned them into something that was, like, deeply uh, relatable and uh, communicable um and 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 was very democratic with you know that 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 boiler room set where you know he invites people up to kind of play the launch pad and so on so uh you know i think what 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 kink has done um has has really helped the um move the needle in terms of understanding what being musical can can be about very cool very cool yeah, man. I mean, I can listen to you for hours, man, but we, we've been uh, <laughs> talking for over two hours. Is there anything, um, um, I, I would say, you know, from the Twitch community that if there's any last question uh, or comment or hello or whatever, this is your time. And usually at the, at the end of the talk, we give everybody a few minutes to, uh, to promote their stuff, to do some plugs. Maybe we should go, to, go into that uh, section now, I guess, maybe. um uh yeah so mo do you have anything uh you want to share with the audience anything you're working on um yeah i mean you know still chipping away at music obviously um not much to plug other than me and hiroko and uh luis flores also started doing um a twitch stream that we're doing once a week on on Tuesdays, I believe. I don't know. The schedule's kind of moving around, but uh, we called it the Misery Index, which is kind of a funny play on uh, on the on the misery of our comedy. <laughs> but it's been a fun little chat that we've been doing. And uh, if anyone's interested in joining in, you can always follow us on Twitch and check that show out. But I wanted to add just before I, I sign off and let you guys talk that um, I think for most of of my my music production life and especially with the the advancements of the internet i think i've always daydreamed about the day that i could collaborate with friends and work on music online and do stuff and i just wanted to say a big thank you to you Jochen, because you really this year you just you flipped my mind upside down when we collaborated and do that did the store live jam thing that was incredible and then now with tim coming in and Kyle introducing me to this endless thing it's kind of opened up a whole new different perspective and world of looking into writing music and doing things with friends so the three of you honestly big ups man thank you I really appreciate everything that you guys have contributed to the music making community over this past year awesome nice words thanks man thank you yeah thank you likewise um to all of you you know you've, you've all been uh here putting pushing the bar moving moving the needle showing the way uh and just yeah massive thanks for 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 doing that and keeping doing that um it's it's i think it's more important than people realize um you know th- this kind of I, I i think it's it's really it's cultural it's cultural leadership yeah. we're moving away from this age of celebrity i think um uh but um into this world where um it's it's important and valuable 
to to create you know to create music to share what you do to to put the energy and time into making what you do at the highest quality it can be you know whether that is a finished track or whether that's a performance and a, and a live stream and um you know it, it takes a ton of energy um and so yeah hats off to all, all of you for um paving paving the way and um showing other people how they can pave ways for other people etc you know it all it all has a, a big knock-on effect i think well yeah. yeah i mean the thing though is that um i think it's true for all four of us that we just uh, are people who've refused to grow up <laughs> and are always <laughs> playing around right i mean just uh, asking questions for you know about everything you do and um you know just keep things i think the word we haven't used the word playful tonight but that's true for i think the mm. approaches of you uh, also your approach man it's um it's it's a uh, you know it, it makes the whole process fun and uh i think that is something you should always be looking for if you're in uh um yeah i mean in any in any uh um uh, what's the word like uh, uh discipline but but very true for you know especially for musicians i guess you know just have to always keep it interesting and um you know be sort of childish about it <laughs> mm, you know yeah. totally yeah um so yeah thanks everybody for uh, uh for joining uh tim do you have anything to to uh, plug anything um, other than endless <laughs> yeah I was, I was gonna say i've been working on this new project it's called endless i didn't mean that yeah. heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> i'll rewind to the start of the stream and then, uh, hear all about it yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, no, do do come um, and also pop by the Discord server, the Endless Discord server, because that's where yeah. um, that's where you get to meet the the community, and um, it's a whole it's a whole other world. Um, yeah, I just I, joined. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look around for sure. Yeah, nice, cool, fantastic. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, see you on the jam, man. <laughs> see you in the yeah. jams. <laughs> Looking forward to this endless jam. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, coordinate and uh i think kyle is gonna is gonna stream on his uh twitch channel after this right um yes yeah what's the um, plan i'm gonna pull up in this and i'm gonna awesome. what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna create like two or three links and i'm just gonna throw them out in into the chat and uh i'm gonna bounce back and forth between the jams and just kind of see um what people are getting into and jump oh, in it's on a new, a new discipline like simultaneous uh endlessing <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's like, uh it's uh, i just i i want to create multiple links so that people um can can experience it for the first time without getting kind of stepped on by if if, if, the, if the jams get too crowded it can have the beginners kind of step aside so i i want to I, I'm doing, a, I guess this is a segue to plug something that I'm doing. I'm doing beginners tutorials again on, I was doing Facebook live, but they pissed me off there. It's 720p maximum and I can't have that. So I think I'm going to switch it over to, to YouTube. Um, but basically doing production tutorials for people that know nothing about music production. And I'm doing those on Tuesday nights. Uh, at 7 p.m. And so I think it'll either be Facebook or uh, YouTube this next time. And then, uh, yeah. But 
endless uh, i feel like it's appropriate on twitch i stream every night at about 9 30 uh five month old permitting and uh i sometimes i'm doing promo sessions as you know and uh tonight though we'll we'll do some endless jams i feel like it's appropriate to to do that so awesome yeah i'll be there man i'll check it out for sure um yeah so thanks again guys really enjoy talking about this and again tim uh, a massive respect and uh, and uh, kudos for the for the insane beautiful project endless well, yeah uh, thanks tim. I, I also um have a shout out to all the Endless team as well you know i i did not code this myself um so big <laughs> shout out to um to the team um they're incredible i, I give it all up for them <laughs> awesome um so Thank yeah you. like uh, yeah, thanks to the team for sure. Um, uh, yeah, one thing I want to drop is uh, we also have a Discord server, the Nob Twiddlers store Discord server, where all the nerds hang out, uh, and um, and we have a Patreon page if you like these this project and uh, would like to get uh, sound banks stuff like that, um, uh, you know, back backstage kind of information uh, or uh, want to subscribe to the masterclasses. Uh, then head over there. I think Sander should be posting the link or has already done that uh, in the chat somewhere. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, I'll see you over on uh, on uh, Kyle's uh, Twitch stream later on. <laughs> Amazing. All right, guys. Thanks again. Have a good day. You. And uh, you. see you later. Ciao, ciao. See you later. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao, ciao. ciao, ciao, ciao.